Well, good morning, church. Uh, it's another morning of us looking blankly into a Canva, wishing that we can be heard in this kind of way. So I'm presuming everything's fine, I'm presuming I can be heard. Uh, but good morning if you're new here. My name's Jeeves. I have the privilege uh, with my wonderful wife to oversee the youth for the church. And again on this Sunday morning, we are going through the Reset series, which is the church values of what we are trying to share and get on the same page for. Um, we are in our last value heading, but don't worry, we're in our penultimate week as I'm going to be covering two points and Ian next week is going to be covering the two last values. But let's do a quick recap, shall we? So we started, we're looking at discipleship. And if you remember, Ian talked us through the kind of four points around discipleship, but the heading of it is deepening our walk by deepening our faith. This idea of walking with God, praying, um, sanctification, do you, if you remember that, the Bible is honoured. We covered all those kind of topics in the first week. Then I looked at empowered by the Holy Spirit. And our heading for that is actively enjoying the glory uh, and joy of God. So remember we talked about um, this idea of gifts and fruits was kind of the main highlight. Worship um, and how, actually how important it is to worship and seeking after the presence of God. Hopefully, as I'm going through these, they're kind of reminding you of things in this busy January it's been already as we've gone through the series. And Ian last week looked at mission and mission, the heading of it being having a complete kingdom mission mindset. This idea that we're on as the church, not just Hope Church, we're on mission united with the wider church, uh, interacting with different churches, that kind of way, um, primed and prepped for evangelism. Uh, so we, we kind of went through all of these, and today is a joyful time as we look at community. And if I was to kind of look at the three, you kind of have them as, as blocks that build on one another, but community is wrapped all around it. It's something that is so important. Um, JT English uh, wrote a book, he's from the village church, or he was from the village church, uh, with Matt Chandler. He wrote a book called Deep Discipleship that Ian's recommended a few of us to read. I would so recommend it for you as well to look at. He states in it that community is not discipleship, but you can't do discipleship without community. Community is not discipleship. You can't lean on community to just do discipleship. Discipleship needs to be intentional as we discussed, but you can't do discipleship without community. And so community has to be a key value heading for us as Hope Church as we dive into it further. Let me just touch on some biblical reasons of why as well. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you may be united in the same mind and the same judgment. Pure community. Hebrews 10, 24, 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Meeting one another. Yes, it's virtually right now, but the encouragement is community. We must be in community. There needs to be a deep sense of love and joy that is founded and grounded in Christ, poured out to one another to contribute and be together as the church. 
So even though it's our last value heading, let our momentum and passion as we go through these not dwindle, but increase ever more as we talk about community with one another. I'm really excited for this. I'm really challenged by this because this is the utmost importance that we understand biblical community for and with one another. Okay, so let's tackle the two points that we're looking at today. First of all, a sense of family. Um, I think Jodie Tanton's voice last week was very good. So I'm not going to try and pretend to emulate it, but I will do my best to honor it. Okay. Sense of family, creating community for people to enjoy each other's company. A place where there is a sense of family, where people can be honest with each other and themselves. A place it is where it is possible to love, become known by others, and to encourage and challenge each other. A church that connects with, uh, with and is salt and light into the wider local community. Okay, well, you'll be pleased to know that this one, as we talk about a sense of family, the worst thing I could do is me just preach it alone. And it's better talking about a sense of family by having the wider family, the church, talk about it. And so we are about to launch um, our first kind of time doing this. We're calling it uh, Diving Deeper. So it's our first time kind of looking at these. Uh, our aim and our heart is to do this on the regular, either on YouTube or whatever. But we want to gather some people in the church together to discuss a topic as a virtual roundtable. And so Ruben is hosting our first one. Uh, we've got uh, Gary, Ao, Jonathan and Joe who are going to introduce themselves as they dive deeper about what a sense of family means. So over to them. Yeah, so it's good to just start, I guess, by getting to know each other a little bit um, and a little bit of how long uh, we've been uh, involved in the church. Uh, so I'll start. Um, my name's Ruben and I've been part of the church for about four years now. Um, and I lead a small group. and I'll come to you next, Gary. My name's Gary. Um, I'm actually in Ruben's small group that you just mentioned as well. I've been coming to Hope Church for about a year with my mum. Um, we moved, both moved from Catford in South East London, and I grew up in a church there called King's Church Catford uh, for a very long time. <laughs> My name is uh, Yoana Garawa, and I joined the uh, church family that's coming up to five years now. So we joined March 2016, and it's been amazing. I'm Jonathan. Um, We've uh, joined the uh, Hope Church two and a half years ago, um, the family, so Rihanna and myself and the two kids. Um, we've attended Bezels Green Baptist Church uh, for about, I think, 15 years before joining Hope and, and the South African Church in London um, before moving out to Seven Oaks. Uh, hi, yeah, I'm Jo, I'm married to Adj. Uh, we've got two daughters and we've been coming to the church I think for about 13 years with our girls. Our girls have moved on now, but um, Ajahn are still there. So we're thinking about church family, and I'd love to hear about some of your experiences of that. I remember clearly, I think it was first week in March when we walked into, into the church. And I think it was Jackie that actually approached us when we came in and welcomed us into the church. And after the church, we had the chit-chat with the pastor, it was Adam. Um, some other people just came around and said, hello, obviously. I think we we're like the only black people at the church at the time. So we were like, okay, you know, we felt really welcomed. Uh, coming from my background, I'm coming from my from Chigua, where you know it was a black church. So you know, coming here it was different. In my neighborhood, I think about like only African people here. So coming to church, meeting people, 
they showed us love, you know, they were chatty, you know, it was, it was it just felt, felt great. And this is five, almost coming up to five years. And I can say I have a um, fantastic experience. Just looking back, I mean, obviously, Ron and myself is, is from South Africa. Um, and we came over to the UK a, a long time ago, 25 years ago in, in the late 90s. And um, church life has always been um, important to us, church as a family and church as a community. Um, and as we don't have any family in the UK, um, church is our family. Um, and it's been important for us prior to having kids, but also after, even more important to us after we, we, we had kids, um, because that's that's where we, we were encouraged, um, where we were supported, um, where we were helped out. We joined, as I said, about 13 years ago, and the two bits of advice, of advice we were given, which I found the most helpful really, were one um, by the pastor then at the time, who was Norman, who said, um, uh, get involved straight away um, and and we did and found that uh, a real asset to getting to feel part of the fellowship quite quickly um, and somebody else said to us it, it does take about 18 months I don't know if this is other people's experience so it might feel like home but um, until you actually feel much more comfortable with people and uh, feel like you can share more so for, for me again um, after about 18 months, we happened to go on a church um, camping weekend away. And um, I suddenly felt, this is it. This is, I, I now feel like I'm properly part of the, of the fellowship. Yeah, it takes some time, doesn't it? To it does. kind of join a church and be part of it. And mm-hmm. I know, Gary, you were saying you, you've only really been uh, involved in Hope Church for about a year. And you know, a lot of that has been online. And so there haven't been any of those sort of church camping trips, whether you're a fan of mm-hmm. camping or not, I don't know. But um, uh, for you to go on, how have you found um, you know, church family? I think it, it, it's been a different experience um, than anything else and obviously having grown up in a Christian household and a, and a church my whole life I'd never been to a new church before I'd, I'd grown up in a church you know all the way through and leaving there was very difficult but we, we decided me and my mum decided it was the right decision to move down here um, to be near a family and and really Hope Church has become another part of that family but it's been very difficult and I think I agree with Joe saying that it's taken probably more, probably just around about a year to really feel part of part of hope mm-hmm. and even then you know I haven't met many people um, including hardly any people on this zoom call apart from Ruben um, it, so that's been strange but just the, the love that gets shown by people you know the people that will come up and, and talk to you when I, we were all together or people that I've chatted with on zoom calls since then mm-hmm. um, I've always been amazed about how how people in church can be so generous my dad passed away in 2018 not long before we moved down here in 2019 we were overwhelmed by the the love around his funeral and when he passed away and the help that we got and I know mum was struggling um with money at the time just because she'd never really done any of that and at a time when she was struggling the most we got an envelope through the door of a couple of thousand pounds which we know was from God. We know it was from someone in the church. It was donated, you know, um, anonymously, but it it really showed how much the church is part of your family. That's what you would expect of a brother or a sister or a cousin. Mm -hmm. And these were people that, you know, we, we just, we did share a church together, but it felt really family-like. Yeah. It kind of brings me on really to the, to my next question, which is about um, ways that maybe you have shown or, um, or that, um, 
other people have shown you uh, kind of love and encouragement? When I first joined the church, I got involved quite quickly into the um, Alpha course, which I absolutely love. And I've been serving on the Alpha team practically the whole time I've been at church and um, absolutely love the Alpha course and seeing people's journey and journeying with them. Um, and then um, a couple of years ago, um, we had quite a lot of people on the course and Adj uh, joined the team and we had a table together and um, we did the Alpha course with a group of people uh, and just really clicked with them, you know, had such a good time, it was fun, wonderful to see them growing. And so at the end of the course, um, we uh, were asked to take on board those people to um, to, to not do another course, but just to journey with them and do a bit of discipling, teaching, a little bit of teaching, just chatting about any issues that came up. And uh, so we've, we've been doing that probably for about a year. Um, and it, it, it is really difficult, Gary. I really um, identify that if you have only just joined the church quite recently before the lockdown, it's, it's, it is really, really hard. And so we've been meeting um, the whole time, been a lifeline for all of us actually, including Ad and I, it's been a real blessing. We're blessed by by encouraging them and it's just been lovely to do life with them. I think it's just a physical display of love. That different kind of love would tell you, oh bless you, it is well. We are going through stuff when things happen in life. But um I think I have witnessed a physical display of love and I'm gonna set this example and it's about Gemma and Ian. And I must have been the early days when they just moved to Seven Oaks and we had just met in church. And Gabriel, well, as usual, was away on work. They yeah, had traveled for work. And I just started driving at the time. And I was driving, um, I was going to Maidstone for work. And in between my journey, my car started jerking. And from where I'm coming from, anything you call your pastor. <laughs> So I couldn't, obviously I couldn't, I was trying to call Gabriel, I was in Nigeria. I couldn't get a hold of him, probably was in a meeting or something. And I just panicked. I tried to get the, you know, get the car off the road. And what did I call? I called Gemma. And, you know, I'm like, Gemma, she, she wasn't picking. Then Ian picked and said, oh, are you okay? And like, I can't speak to Gemma. I was like, oh, pastor, that's, you know, that's the way we're brought. Oh, pastor, no, no, no. So the pastor's wife. So can I speak to Gemma? I said, oh, Gemma has, you know, she's gone to drop the kids at school or something. And I said, well, what was the problem? Like, I'm stuck on the road. I don't know what to do. And that was the truth. I didn't have the number to AA that, you know, we had for the house. I didn't, I didn't know anything about a car. I just passed my driving test and I was just driving to work. And um, to me, that was just beyond, I was, I was overwhelmed with love. Because you just told me, you stand there, tell me what you can see. What road are you? And it came to get me. Like left everything it was doing. I came to get me. And the following day, Gemma came here and took me to work and brought me back. I said, you call when are you finishing? I'll come and pick you up. For me, that was just a practical display of, we love you. The belly just, we barely met, but it was showing me Christ, love of God. So said that was amazing. And um, yeah, I think that's what the church is about. Mm. So I know it's good that we're spiritual and we pray about things, but being able to show that physically we are there to support you, to help you, that was that was amazing, yeah. That's so great. That's lovely yeah. to hear. For us, it was important the church family to have to attend a church and a lot of um, sort of age demographics. So not just to have people in the, in a similar position to ourselves because we we knew we needed mentors for ourselves, but then also for our kids and 
I mean, if, if I look at um, our children, they've, they've had about, I think, four or five uh, different adopted grandparents um, through the years who would, um, every holiday, they would make an appointment with Rihanna and they'll take the kids away, um, take them bowling and and watch a movie and take them out for dinner and, and stuff like that so Rihanna could have a day for herself and, and just recuperate. And I mean, it sounds small, but it makes a massive difference. So I think I'm going to embarrass you now, Ruben, because I'm going to talk about our Connect group. So uh, be prepared. Uh, but it's, it's just, you know, because of the lockdown situation, although the Sunday churches have been very important, uh, both me and my mum have, have really loved being part of a Connect group. And that's how we've got to know people closely uh, people that we consider good friends now you know when we first came to the connect group they had food every week and it was just so welcoming to come in and and you know the first week that I came they had Mexican night and I was impressed and uh it's the first time I made tacos which was really good as well it's one of the sad things we can't do that at the moment yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I don't want to have another Mexican night soon I think <laughs> we'll do that when whenever lockdown ends yeah first one out yeah yeah, but it's not always easy, is it, um, church kind of life? And so I'd love to hear a bit about why you feel it's worth kind of keeping going uh, with church, even when maybe it's not quite so easy. It, church sometimes is messy because people are not perfect. Mm. And um, I, I think sometimes there's always going to be someone that you don't get on with as much as somebody else or, or have a, a, you disagree on a point or anything. But that's what family life is like and I, I and I just think it's so important to persevere. Um, there's lots of examples in the Bible of how to deal, um, you know, with conflict and um, yeah. I just I just think it's 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 part of family life, isn't it? I'm sure God created us for community. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're not supposed to be alone. So irrespective of the drama, as you said, as well, family, just like in our respective family, there's always disagreement on whatever it is. And we make up and we move on. Mm-hmm. I think we should, that's, we should, um, the, the body of Christ should be like that as well. That respect of your differences or what you disagree on, you cannot be by yourself. Thank you. Um, yeah, I've really enjoyed hearing a little bit about um yeah your experiences of, of church and church family uh just before we finished i don't know if anyone had any last things that they're burning to share one other thing actually i, I was just reminded one of a really powerful um preach that mark hewitt preached um and it was all to, it was the analogy of the bricks in the wall and you're a brick in the wall and there are bricks under you that are supporting you there are bricks mm. so they're the people that support you more there are bricks that are beside you that you do life and you journey with, you support them, they support you. And then there are bricks above you that you support other people. And of course, Jesus is the foundation stone. So mm-hmm. I've, I've really loved that analogy because there will always be people that are going to be uh, inputting into your life that you might perhaps not give as much back to, but then there will be other people that you'll be giving out to. And um, I've just loved that analogy. I found it very helpful. We attended the, the marriage course in 2019, the, the one that was uh, hosted at, at Hope Church. And um, it, was, it was quite intense over, over four days. And, and, and one thing that became very clear to me was the, the, the lie of the devil telling you that what you experience, you, only you experience that. Um, and only you are as bad as you are, and only you do as bad things as you do, and then, and only the stuff you struggle with, is, is, it's only you, and then 
up until you get to a situation where you discuss it with other people and you do actually realize that a lot of other people is in the same boat as I am. They struggle with the same things I struggle with. Um, and, and, and so in the one hand, that's the lie of the devil. But the way to counter that is through church and community, through home groups or connect groups, where you can have the, the sort of the, the confidential openness to discuss these things and then also encourage one another thanks so much for um yeah, giving up some time to talk about church family it's been yeah so great to hear uh, just a few stories i'm sure we could keep going much longer um uh, so thank you very much amazing well well i don't think m- what i could have preached and said would have been even as close to hearing personal stories and encouragement from our church about why a sense of family is so important. So Ruben, I just want to honour and thank you for hosting it. Uh, Gary, Ao, Jonathan and Joe, thank you so much for being part of just diving deeper. Um, and if you, we're going to do some more of these, uh, not uh, often, but on the regular, so maybe once a month. If you're interested in joining a, a diving deeper kind of roundtable discussion, please message me. I'd love you to be part of it. But let me just finish and conclude it by wrapping around just a very key Bible verse. John 15, 12 to 13. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Church, that's the family we need to be regardless of cultural background, regardless of whatever diversity it is, the church brings its wonderful diversity and we share love with one another with great jubilation and great thanks. Cool. Right, let's get on to the next bit. This is my, the second point we're going to be looking at and buckle in because I think we're going to be on, on for a little bit of a ride. But let's talk about this. The development of a heart of service that members of Hope Church see themselves as sons and daughters of God that serve and are willing to give time, money, and effort for the benefit of others. Whew. Okay, here we go. It's really important as we look at this, we understand the flow and pattern um, of theology and flow and pattern of our mindset to help actually fully grasp why service is important. Um, If you're making notes, here's my kind of summary in my exegesis as I go through it, um, if you want to take it. So this is my kind of high-level summary about it. Um, Once we fully grasp identity as children of God, we fully understand from our hearts the great joy it is to serve in the kingdom of God, however that may look or feel. Let me repeat it again if you are making notes. Once we fully cross identity as children of God, we fully understand from our hearts the great joy it is to serve in the kingdom of God, however that may look or feel. We need to start from identity. We need to start with what Jesus has done, what, where we have kind of been brought into the family of God, and how that changes everything. Um, John 1 verse 12 says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. 1 John 3 verse 1 from the same writer, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. Oh, judge, we have been brought in as we've given our lives to Christ to become children of God. 
it is not kind of just a, an, a, an add-on. It's not just a title that is kind of Christian and it's just there. No, we've been brought into the family of God to be called children of God. And it's why the Diving Deeper session, a sense of family is so wonderfully and crucially important that that's the place we come to as Hope Church. We are family, not because of by blood, but by the blood of Christ brought in by him. And Jesus modelled what family looks like the best. He loved like family. He laughed like family. He cried like family. And most importantly for the point today, he served like family. In fact, when Jesus came to serving, he displayed such a level of service to the extra degree that all his life is seen in that way. Even to the point of death on the cross, every single aspect of Jesus' life was done in that way. In fact, there's a moment in the gospel as we're getting closer to the point of him on the cross where he ends up washing his disciples' feet. He says this in John 13. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. When I say Jesus modelled everything, he even states that he's modelling it. Now, let's just take stock here for a second. Let's take a moment here. Now, I love my brother Ian greatly. But even outside COVID times, if he was to go, Jeeves, my feet are hurting, can you wash it? I would take two minutes full to go and contemplate whether yes or no. Even if it's a loved one. Think about it in this time as well. We have wonderful shoes made up in a great way. We didn't have open-toed sandals walking in dusty roads with all the filth and muck that is there. And Jesus, the Lord of all, the Son of God, come down humbly onto this earth, fully God, fully man, ties a towel round his waist and gets ready to wash the disgusting dirty feet of his disciples to show how much of a servant heart you need to have. Let's not move off from the emotional context of this. Our heavenly father, our savior is washing feet. In a way to display the love of servanthood that is to be. Paul comments on this when he hits up Philippians. He says, do nothing from selfish ambition, ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each one of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Beloved family, if we're called to be like Christ, then our lives need to model the same level of love and service as Christ did. Because of the love and care for people, display the great affection and heart of service. The, th the flow of theology has to be this way. 
It has to start with identity in Christ. It has to start with what God has done for us and how we've been brought into the family of God. And as we're seeing Christ live, if we read the wonderful text of the Bible, as we see his life lived, so we model that because of the love that and grace that God has poured on us. We ground ourselves on the love of God and our newfound identity in him drives our heart of service. The reason why we have to look at service in this way is because if we don't, we end up looking at service about just the acts that we do. And if we do that, two main things can happen. One, selfish ambition can rise. This idea that what I do is for my gain, therefore I serve for the aim and gain of myself. Even if the intent and what is masked by is looking to help others, what I am aiming for is my own ambition to grow. Or the second thing is self-promotion, which is modern day Christianity. And in fact, the world talks about it as well. Modern day Christianity talking about the idea of a kingdom without a king. It's, it allows us to seep into that. The idea that we do things for quality and we do things for status. Therefore, I serve either for a length of time to aim, to, put, uh, to aim for promotion or I do things because I need to make it perfect and I don't let others serve because it's not fitting the perfection that I believe it should hit. It needs to be looked in a way that I am seen rather than God is glorified. If we serve by looking at the acts we do first and fundamentally, we can easily fall into self-ambition or self-promotion um, and ultimately both roots lead to pride. And both roots lead to servant-hearted people being gone. We need to make sure we get this. We have to start to align with what the word looks like as service rather than uh, we, sorry, by doing this, we start to align what the world looks like rather than a deep sense of love from God, of serving as part of a community, paired with discipling one another, empowered by God to be used to make an impact, whatever we do, and on mission to help shape lives for the kingdom. Which one do you want to be? And it's so important we take stock of this because... How many times have we heard serving being preached? But every single time when we come to it, where are our hearts lie? It's really important that we recognize serving one another is not more important than anything else in that way. And it's really important that we look at when it comes to serving, one gift or one capability is not more important than the other. So, for example, me preaching here is not more important than Stephen Alley doing the hosting or whoever's leading the breakout rooms or when we're in person, whoever's doing teas and coffees. It's really important that we get this, that we're not kind of going, I'm striving to get this promotion or being that person because we're then disregarding the different elements of serving. If I was to say, you know what, the breakout room discussion is not that important, I completely miss the idea that community and allowing one another to share the love of God with one another is crucially important. But if someone who's doing breakout rooms is going, preaching is not that important, then it's really bad to kind of see that discipleship and preaching the theology and word of God from the front is completely disregarded in that way as well. Both play its part. 
both both ads in we shouldn't aspire to do everything but we should aspire to serve in great humility and great obedience with god has called us to do we must understand the encouragement of one another in whatever serving looks like by coming back to this heart of service that jesus modeled one peter 4 10 to 11 as each has received a gift use it to serve one another as good stewards of god's varied grace Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. A heart of service is not defined or shaped by the acts that are done, but the grounding of a relational soul in Christ being poured out with great joy and affection. Yes, our service changes. Yes, what we do changes. It evolves, it matures by portion to portion. But as we go from portion to portion, let us rejoice that God is using us in that way for that season, in that time, for his glory. I remember when I was about 10 and 11 being bought my first kind of tool set. It was very clunky. It was kind of just a very small screwdriver in that kind of way. And as I was growing up, I added more and more, and I've got a tool bag now. Um, but I'm not Ian Lettings' level, which is a proper manly toolbox steel and everything in that kind of way. But as I kind of grow up and I, I get to that stage, I add more tools to my box needed for different environments. I might not still use the same old screwdriver set that I had when I was 10, but sometimes I still need to use it. It's the same with service. Our different elements and gifts evolve, change, they mature, but each are added into what God is using us for service. So we shouldn't discount what God is using us for, but we should rejoice in every aspect that God is using us for in service. A heart of service is crucially important to see the kingdom of God spread. All right, let's deal with a few misconceptions as we kind of look at this. Number one, serving is not just for the church and it's not just for the world. Serving is in all that we do. If we allow our hearts to be shaped, then the joy of God will pour out into all of our lives. It's not a positioned hose just merely spraying on one flower, but it's a fully pumped up sprinkler spraying across our lives in every way that we do. That is a heart of service. Secondly, serving is not just doing our bit alone and then that's enough. It's not clocking in and clocking off. It's not just having a specific role to fill. Though having roles are important in that kind of way, it's not just saying, I've done my role, see you later, I'm finished. But serving should be in our approach. Serving should be in whatever we can do. Serving should be a heart attitude to say, if there's a need that I see there, I'm going to lovingly get involved and fill it. Thirdly, serving is not about works, but about working for the kingdom and they are honoured. Let me explain this carefully because I don't want to get tripped up. When I describe works, I'm talking about doing stuff to either add to identity or to seek approval for God or for the sake of doing things for our own self-ambition or self-promotion. I.e. the Bible describes these as earthly deeds, uh, works of the flesh, or dead works. 
These can look like good things. If I was to preach here and my heart was to be like, come praise me, this preach is dead. It's dead works. But what I'm talking about is working for the kingdom which is a wonderful privilege that we may, that might look similar, but the heart intent is for the glory of God. It's for his kingdom and majesty to be seen. Man, I've got to rush, I've got to hurry up. It's for the kingdom of God. So as I preach, it's for his glory. I'm, now I'm not being seen, but for his glory and majesty to be seen. So it's not for works, i.e. earthly works, but it's for working for the kingdom of God. And working for the kingdom of God should be with our best efforts and love. Um, I'm going to rush over these a little bit, but um, when it comes to connect groups, uh, feel very free to kind of look at these. But Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. It's working with our best efforts. But it's making sure that it's for the glory of God. We need to keep on pushing forward. John Piper says, the point is to encourage us that when we serve and keep on serving, even in the small and seemingly unnoticed ways, God will never forget every note you write, every call you make, every visit, every gift, every late night conversation, every turning the other cheek, every unrequited. Uh, Thank you. Kindness, every service out of the love for his name, God sees, and he will not forget them all um, for it, um, not forget them to all eternity. Every small thing we do matters. Praise Jesus. Let's go to the next one quickly. Serving is definitely not down to just the leader's roles in the church. It's not up to Ian to determine where the gaps are for loving members of the church to finally step up and get involved. It's not up to certain leaders to fill those gaps alone, but it's for the whole church. Modern day Christianity says that if it's a kingdom without a king, what I do has to be for my own benefit and what I do has to detail what is going to be said from higher up. It's so easy to fall into saying that the church isn't doing certain things, um, that there's certain gaps, or I'm not going to get involved because it's taking up an evening and the moaning that the church doesn't do enough. Blooded family, you're the church. It's not Ian. We, we are the church. It's like complaining about ourselves. If I say to Catherine on an evening, you know what, Jeeves is just not cooking or he's so messy and he's being really, really messy all the time. Fool, I'm Jeeves. That's me. I'm saying this about myself. Beloved family, when we look and talk about the church and saying, oh, the church needs to step up and serve in different ways or, oh, the church isn't helping grow leaders in a certain way or the church isn't doing discipleship in a certain way. We are the church. So, beloved, we need to serve together. We need to get involved together. Um, I often use the terminology, an inclusive relational family. And I do this with intent. Why? Because it's so easy, especially during this time, to become an exclusive, distant family. And the easiest way of this happening is by not connecting and by not contributing. Um, I, I'm just going to quickly go through this quote by Francis Chan, which is quite long, um, but I'm going to go to the end part of it because um, I think it's just so important. When servants gather together, everyone is built up. 
No one helps consumerism more than God because that mentality keeps the church from having the vibrancy he intends. Do not give up on the dream. The church doesn't have to remain a group of needy people complaining that they haven't been fed for well enough. It really can be a group of servants who thrive in serving. Beloved family, let us be a church who thrive in serving. In not just saying, my role is done, so I'm finished. But getting involved in that way. Lastly, serving is definitely not doing everything. When we pick up too much, our attitudes and hearts can change from rejoicing to rejecting, from loving to lamenting, from being faithful to being frustrated. It's because we are made to rest. We need to rest. And I'm preaching this to myself. We need to rest. Again, when it comes to serving, if we're doing it about self-ambition or self-promotion, it's easy to think that I have to do everything to be noticed and I need to make sure that I'm doing stuff better than other people so that I could be promoted further than them. That's the works mentality. That's the world's mentality. In fact, um, it's not about having a good CV as a Christian, but it's saying, I want to love my family and to disciple others, give others an opportunity to grow and be used by God. Um, I want to actually rest well with the king. Philippians 2 verse 2 describes about completing each other's joy. You know what brings me the most joy? is by seeing people in the, and in the church serving wholeheartedly. What brings me the most joy is seeing the church serve in great ways of love and affection. Even in COVID times, we can serve with great love and joy. Praise Jesus that it's not about us and that we don't have to do everything. And let me come into land. A church without community would be like a wedding party where there is a building and a pastor waiting with the groom, but no people, no bride and no celebration. It's like a party with a DJ, but no music, no dancing, no food. It's a hollow shell with a lack of joy and love. Community makes relationship and it displays the great love and excitement its members of the family of God can have. Oh, what a joy it is to be brought into the family of God and see each other as beloved members of our diverse family. Oh, what a privilege it is to stand next to one another, serving with great joy and helping one another in difficult seasons because we love the affection God has modeled. Oh, what great wonder it is that we are used to glorify God because he has made us vessels of good works that he may be glorified in us as we continue to be satisfied in him. We love because he loves. We served because he served. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that as a church, we are called to be family and we are called to serve. And I pray whatever serving that looks like, God, we would do it for your glory and your grace. In your holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, this calls the end of our Sunday morning. Uh, stick around. We're going to be having our, our kind of mentee session and then some breakout rooms. And if you want prayer, please um, uh, stay and let us know so we can pray for you. Be blessed and have a great week.